You're listening to a podcast from West Wind Church. For more information, visit our website at westwindchurch.org. Well, good morning, West Wind. Uh, we're just so excited to be with you. And uh, Nathan started out our worship experience reading our passage from today from Luke 12. And so I... I'm so excited just to dive into this, and it might sound weird to be excited about a topic like this because Jesus really leans into the issue of anxiousness, of anxiety, and it is a big issue in our day. And I was looking up um, some statistics, and uh, 58 million people from age 13 and up struggle with the issue of anxiety in their life. And this data was pre-COVID, and honestly, I would beg to say confidently that there's probably way more people than that that deal with some level of anxiety in their life, whether it's based on a life situation or a life event that is happening around them, or maybe it is a a continued day-to-day life functioning, a struggle that they may have, something that they've got to wrestle with in every moment and every step of their day. And so this passage and this message, this conversation this morning I think is so important. And I just am so prayerful that as you hear the truth of, of these words, that you don't get burdened by what we might define the idea of anxiety to be, and that can be even turned into depression or sadness. But in the words of Jesus, in the teachings of Jesus, there's victory. In the teachings of Jesus, there's hope. And I believe that is why he took the time to have this conversation with his disciples. So if you remember from last week, Jesus taught them on a parable of the rich fool who set aside all of uh, his excess, his abundance of his harvest, and stored it up in new barns. He built an abundance even more, and he stored it away so he could just sit back and do nothing. And Jesus said, hey, God's going to call you out, and it's time for your life to be, be called forward. And then what, you, what do you have when you die, if that's the case? And right after this, he starts this passage uh, in verse 22, and he turns to his disciples. And I can imagine this, that in the midst he was walking before in the previous verses that we talked about last week, and he's having this conversation, the guy asks the question. And then in this moment, he pauses and he turns to his disciples to have this eye-to-eye conversation with them, because it's that important. And so I even want to encourage you and pause again to say, I think Jesus wants to have an eye-to-eye conversation with you. And he starts this with the word, therefore. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, and what you will put on. This idea of anxiety is a big issue because in even coming from the story of the parable of the rich fool from last week, I think Jesus understands that his disciples could be filled with this anxiousness. If you're asking me to give up control of the abundance that I could have, if you're asking me to give up control of of whatever wealth it is, whether it's a resource, whether it's money, um, whether it's a harvest of some kind, you're asking me to to give that away. You're asking for me to, to take that out of my hands and give it back to you. And that is hard for us because we get caught up in fear. We get caught up in the uncertainty and we just don't know what's ahead. And I honestly, these days with COVID going on, 
all the more, right? Uh, our jobs may be at stake. Our finances may be at stake. Our, our freedoms just to be able to wander around and, and do life like we normally did before has completely changed. And, and Jesus knew that about his disciples. And so he wanted to pause and look them eye to eye and, and say, hey, therefore, don't be anxious about these things because we have an incredible father, an incredible God who cares for us in that. And so this week, I've invited Jason Dean to be a part of this with me, um, just to share his story along with what Jesus is teaching here and have a conversation about what anxiousness really does look like in, in our life of walking with Jesus. So Jay, thank you so much for being a part of this and, and taking this on. And I just wanna give you a moment to share your story. I know a lot of people probably watching don't know a whole lot about your story, if at all. And so take a minute and just share what God's been doing in your life and in some of your background and your story in this area. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I am someone who has struggled with anxiety um, a lot in the past. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I feel like needs to be brought out to the light. Um, my prayer is that, you know, by talking about my own struggles that, uh, you know, other people feel like they're not alone. Um, and other people feel like, you know, they're going to be okay, um, too. I do think it's funny, though, that you asked me to do this during, in, like, in the middle of a pandemic when I'm going back to school for the first time and teaching and nothing to be anxious about right now. Drawing you yeah, out, man. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's, a good, it's good practice. Um, you know, another reason I really wanted to do this tonight, um, uh, another West, uh, Westwind member posted something about fear, I believe it was some song lyrics or something the other day, um, and Ken Tao uh, left a comment on that post um, that just said, bring it into the light. Mm. And mm. I thought that was such a, a beautiful, just a wise statement for, for this, you know, and he, of course, he capitalized the word light, you know, bring it to God, bring it to the light. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I was encouraged by that and, you know, hopefully this can bring it to the light. But, um, you know, about me, um, I grew up in a Christian home, as I told you guys last week. Um, very protective parents, very loving parents, um, maybe to a fault. Uh, you know, they, they took really good care of me. Um, when I was 17, I was working at a grocery store uh, to an overbearing boss, and all of a sudden just felt incredibly lightheaded. Mm. Um, thought I was going to pass out, thought things were going on. They loaded me up on sugar and all these things, hoping that would help, like it was a blood sugar thing and it didn't get better. Ended up going home. Next thing I know, I, I can't work anymore. Uh, I had these symptoms every time I went to work, started having these symptoms at school. Like in retrospect, clearly it was an anxiety thing, mm -hmm. um, but we, at the time, thought there was something medically wrong with me. So after this battery of medical tests, um, you know, everything came back normal and my doctor just sat me down and said, I think it's depression and anxiety let's try something for it. And, you know, in retrospect, that totally made sense. But, you know, living with it, then I, would, I just didn't realize it. And, you know, since then, even to this day, I, I find myself having a hard time recognizing stress and anxiety in my life until I see those like medical, physical mm -hmm. reactions to it. Um, yeah, that's where I am now. Um, I I do better with it, I think. Obviously, there, there are seasons where uh, I'm more anxious than others, um, but, you know, it's something that I've, I've learned to trust God in more and, you know, try and do more and more and, you know, hope that 
you know, as, as life goes on, that continues to get easier for me. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to hear you say that you, when you f first thought it was some kind of a, a medical condition, that there's blood sugar or something that was off. Mm -hmm. that, and I really feel like that's where Jesus starts off with in this passage, because he's trying to bring perspective um, to his disciples by just first and foremost saying, hey, you got to understand that anxiousness is a real deal. It's going to come, and I understand that. And that's what I love about that. In these words, he's saying, I understand it enough to call it what it is. Yeah. And so for uh, us as believers to hear this truth, for his disciples to hear, like, don't be anxious. We, we know that anxiousness is, is going to be a part of our life. And for each of us, it's going to be unique and different, and there's going to be different levels of it. But we've got to know what our anxiety is. And when he goes into it even more, I love how he draws out some words, even the, the part about how uh, if you jump down into uh, verse 26, if, if you're not able to do the small thing, and speaking of uh, being anxious, can add if you're trying to add an hour to your life, um, and we look at that I'm like, I can't add an hour to my life as much as I would like. I could work really, really hard. That seems absolutely impossible. But Jesus calls it a small thing. And I go, how in the world do you do look at something that is impossible for me and you look at it as small? And I think it's for us, Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, hey, know that anxiousness is real. It's going to be a part of this journey. Um, but know that in reality of that too, that what you feel is impossible at any given moment is small to me because I'm a big God. Yeah. I've got this in my hands. I'm, I'm sovereign over all things. I created this stuff. I know how it works. I know uh, how this universe spins. I know how the earth grows and shapes itself because I put it into motion. And so I have that control. And so to be able to look at that and go, what confidence we can have in God to go that the things that feel so big, so overwhelming to me, that he says, it's not that it's, it's unimportant small, but that it's, it's smaller than who he is, that he is greater than all of these things. And he even talks about that. He uses the, the term more than a few different times uh, throughout the passages. You know, when he's talking through uh, considering the ravens that, that God feeds them, how much more of your value than the birds? Uh, you know, how much more uh, will he clothe you? He, he's showing that there's more that he wants to give us as we seek after who he is. And I love that he's leading his disciples and he's teaching us, hey, we need to shift our perspective. We need to understand, yes, anxiousness is going to be a part of my life. We need to understand that that God's got it in his hands. And that as big as it may feel for us in the moment, that God is even bigger than whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And that, that he's going to give us more than we expect. And so when we just want, hey, Jesus, I just need you to solve this, this thing for me. He's going to say, I'm going I'm to give you more than that because I love you more than that. And that's such a powerful word of victory that I think sometimes we miss, especially when we get caught up in our anxiousness. So I'm curious, just uh, from that, how has your perspective been transformed in your walk with your journey with anxiety, along with your walk with Jesus and your relationship with the Lord? Sure. Um, well, one, I hope the older I get, the wiser I get. <laughs> uh, more life experience has definitely taught me you know, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not as reactionary um, as, you know, I was obviously when I was younger. Um, I still feel like my default in most situations is to get nervous or worried when something's changing or something's mm -hmm. new. But 
I'm also able to, you know, kind of step back and, you know, like you said, perspective, put it in perspective, um, you know, and control my reaction to it, you know, turn to prayer instead of worrying, mm. turn to worship instead of worry, turn to reading my Bible instead of obsessing over the news or uh, whatever yeah. the, the latest, you know, directives are or whatever's going on. Um, you know, for me reading, do not be afraid or hearing somebody say, you're fine, it's all in your head. That doesn't work for me. You know, it's it's so hard when, especially when you're in the moment, um, to 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 not be afraid. Um, but you know, I'm I'm able to you know meditate on God's promises. He'll never leave us or abandon yes. us. Uh, he wants to give us an abundant life through Christ. Um, you know, that more than part you're talking about. Like he is, he's a good father who who <laughs> wants to bless us and take care of us. And you know, I'm able to look back on different seasons uh, of my life and see. Hey, he did, you know, follow through with that. He did mm -hmm. take care of me. And usually that tough spot I was in, something way better than I, you know, ever dreamed <laughs> right? came out of it. Yep. You know, I I was trying to control the situation, uh, you know, do it my way. And I, I was dreaming so small, you know, mm -hmm. it's so so little. I I could have gotten so little out of it versus what God could do for me yeah. through that. Well, there's that the passage cast your cares or cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you mm. it's the, the cool thing about that passage is it doesn't even talk about because he's going to give you all of the stuff it's it's grounded in the fact that god loves you and so as we 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 do that we respond in that way because he cares for us and we can trust in that which is really great and and that even leads us that he does provide in those moments he doesn't just say hey pray about it you got you covered but he says, I, I do want to provide for you because I understand that this is tough. Even going back, he's recognizing with his disciples that anxiousness is real and, and this will be tough, but you're not alone in it. I'm going to provide. And he gives this incredible image of starting verse 4, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. And he's not implying that, hey, we can just sit around and do nothing and he's just going to give it to us. But here's using an example of something he created and said, they, they are kind of going through their normal function of life. And they've learned just to, in their normal way of doing life as a raven that, that they're provided for and they just trust in that. They go through that day trusting that. And how much more are you of value than the birds? And I love this because God created all these birds. He created all these animals. He created this earth, every living thing on it. And, and he loved it. He called them all good. But then he created man and he created woman. And he created them very uniquely compared to the rest of creation. He created us in his image. So, of course, how much more for something he's created in his image is he going to care for us? We have a very special relationship with our creator, with God. And that shows his response to us. And then he goes on, consider the lilies and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field and today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? And he closes that, oh, you of little faith. And this is such a powerful passage because like, oh, I know I have no faith. Jesus is not telling his disciples that they do not have faith. He's a connecting us to the reality that anxiousness is real. And in those hardest moments, your faith level may decrease just a bit. It gets harder. But he's saying, don't 
you have little faith. I get you. You still have faith in that, in that faith enough. Watch what I will do. I'm going to provide. And then he jumps down to verse 32, and he says to fear not, little flock. And I love that. He gives us that, that attention and the idea that, hey, I know what you are. I know who you are. I know where your struggles are. I know what you need as a sheep that I can care for you. So fear not. It's one of the most uh, used commands throughout scripture is to yeah. fear not. Over a hundred times, whether it's do not be afraid or fear not or have no fear, over a hundred times throughout the whole Bible, God gives us that command to fear not. And he goes on to say, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom so it's not just giving you what you need in that moment. He's giving you something so much greater, so much bigger, so much more in expanse than what we expect, like you were just saying. Right. Like he loves, he takes great pleasure in giving us everything we need and more. And Pastor Keith preached on that a couple weeks ago. We have this incredibly good, good father. So I'm curious, in, in your journey, how have you seen God provide for you in both the difficult moments, but also the victorious moments? Sure. Um, I kind of alluded to it uh, earlier, but, um, you know, I, I had these great plans for what I was going to do with my life. I was going to be an engineer, even though I didn't really know what that meant. And so uh, <laughs> right after high school, headed off to Georgia Tech, uh, which is a pretty tough engineering school. Turns out I'm not that good at math and I wasn't that disciplined either. Um, so I really made a mess uh, out of my life um, after high school and in college. But during that mess, I learned so much. I matured, I learned how to work mm -hmm. hard, I learned how to study. I, I became an independent adult like I should have been, theoretically, after graduating <laughs> high school. Um, and it led me to the career now, which is such a blessing to me and mm -hmm. it's, you know, I found where I fit, where, how, what, what I'm wired to do. Um, and again, if, if I was designing it, it, it wouldn't have ended up that way at all. Um, so, um, you know, and then look again, looking back through that, he provided on, in so many ways during that season. I, I was so blessed, even though I felt so low, you know, he was with me. Yeah. Um, a couple years after my wife and I got married, we decided it was time to have kids. and. My wife's a planner, and that was the plan. <laughs> we were gonna we were gonna have kids, and then it didn't happen the way we planned. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I, infertility is something so many couples at our church have struggled with, or you know, continuing to deal with. Um, and that was a again a really low point. But God was working through that. He was with us through that. Mm -hmm. Some of those times were some of our most fruitful ministry as a couple with with our, our life group and. Um, and then ultimately, we were blessed with just two of the most amazing kids. Yeah. Again, blows our mind, you know, how, how wonderful they are. Never would have dreamed we had, would have twins. <laughs> Having twins itself is a, another time where you have to, you know, you need God. It's written somewhere in there following the word anxious. <laughs> like, but again, he was, he was with us through, through, yeah. through that whole thing, through raising newborn twins and you know, continuing to parent now. Parenting is so hard, but it's also, you know, so rewarding. Um, you know, you mentioned victories. Uh, man, I hope we just don't take the victories for granted. Right. It's, it's so easy to have that victory. And, you know, as a person who gets pretty anxious, I get that relief and I, and I feel good and it's, it's great. But man, we've got to, 
we've got to count our blessings. We've got to celebrate that. We've got to praise God for, for those times because it, it's so important to do that. Um, otherwise, you know, we end up in this um, just comparison game of what we're lacking, and that'll make you miserable. Um, you know, we are, we are so blessed, and if we're, if we're comparing ourselves to others, that can create anxiety. That can, you know, looking at, you know, from the passage last week, um, you know, just storing and storing and storing when, um, you know, we don't need to do that. Um, I mean, we, we've just got to count our blessings. Yeah. When the victories come, and so oftentimes when we get those anxious moments in life, we forget about what's what God's already done. Right. Because we're so stuck in the moment. I use the illustration all the time. If we, my hand is so much smaller than the rest of this room, and if I only see my problem, which is my hand, and I put it so close to my face as all that I can see, I lose sight of the greater things that are around it. Mm-hmm. But too often times when we're caught in those those difficult moments, in the anxious moments, in the, the depressive moments, this is all we see. And if we would just step back from it just a little bit, right. we begin to see, uh, one, how big, again, God is and how much more He is than these things. But it also gives us the perspective, going back to that, to see what He's done in the past. And that God is faithful and He'll continue to be that because He never changes, right. which is really incredible. It, the one thing that He really does walk through with the disciples here is He's, hey, I care for you. I love you. I've, I've got you covered in this. I understand that the, the anxiousness, the, it's, it's going to be hard as you go through life and following after me especially. But he goes on to say, sell your possessions, like give them to the needy. And so he's kind of bringing it back to the parable of the rich fool. He's like, no, no, take what you've been blessed and then give it away. Like give it to other people and share it with other people. Provide for yourself money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. And what he's saying is don't, don't store up the money He's saying, choose something that when you find the richness in God, which again, going back to last week's sermon, is giving, being able to give away salvation to all. And so now your money bag, so to speak, this, this metaphor he's using is really about shaping the gospel, that I'm storing up all that God's blessed me with in and through the gospel, in and through my life. And even like you said, and I loved how you said that, that through my story of of my journey with anxiety, my journey in the difficult moments of life, others can be encouraged. Others can find hope. Others can find the light that even Ken encouraged to. Ken's story the same. Like if he got up in here, he could share the same kind of story. Then these harder moments, he ran to the light and he was able to share that with others. And he did that with you. That speaks and that's what we get to do. And I believe that's where Jesus is leading to understand what it is to, to put our treasure in heaven in the kingdom and, and that we're, uh, we're supposed to seek that kingdom first. We're supposed to seek the presence of God. But he's calling us to put some skin in the game. We've actually got to do that. We can't just say, oh, this is a really cool thing. Honestly, we can't just come to church once a week and expect it to all be fine. Um, we can't just get our 15-minute Bible on once a day and expect it all just to be okay. We've got to engage the presence of God. We've got to seek the presence of God. And then we've got to seek the kingdom of God. It's not only what is here in the presence of the Holy Spirit, but what we get to look forward to because of His death on the cross and His resurrection and what He's promised us, that He's preparing a place for us. And then He's caring for us as we go through. And uh, and this idea of for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. 
when we put our treasure in this mighty God, when we put our treasure in the faithfulness of God, when we put our treasure in sharing that light, sharing that hope, sharing our generosity with others, our heart is strong. Our heart becomes strengthened in this. And then as our heart becomes strengthened, these harder moments of anxiousness are, you can navigate them better. It doesn't make it easier necessarily, but you can navigate them better. I think that's probably a good way to, Mm -hmm. to say that. And Jesus is leading us and leading his disciples through that. It's his good pleasure to give us good gifts, that we can stand confident that he's a big God and greater than anything we're going to come up to, and that we don't have to have fear. Um, But we do need to participate in that. We do need to to seek him out. We do need to seek out his presence. We do need to to take the blessings he has given us and and give them away to bless others in that, in that, that journey that we're on together. And that's a huge, huge part of it. And I think that's at some point in time we miss. We want someone to just meet my need and then let me go on with my life. Solve the problem and so I can just get to the next thing. And I think what Jesus is teaching his disciples here is that, hey, I've got the problem in my hands, but I, I want you to participate because I want you to be a part of the resolution. I want you to be a part of, of what I'm doing. I want you to do this alongside with me because what I'm giving you, what I'm blessing you with is not just a blessing for you, it's a blessing for others. And that's the part that we miss sometimes. So how, Jason, are you intentionally and purposefully uh, kind of in your journey with God trying to, to give away your story and your experience and the blessings God's given you in the midst of your journey with anxiety, your journey with um, Jesus in your, in your life? Sure. I, I think our natural tendency is to be fearful and just kind of lock everything up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where when COVID hit, you know, we're worried about the economy. What's going to happen to my bank account? Yeah. Do, I have, do I have enough food? Do I need to go get rice and beans and toilet paper, as you <laughs> talked about last week? I did buy some toilet paper. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think being prepared for emergencies is wrong, but if it comes at you know, the detriment of doing kingdom work, then I think we need to check our heart. Sure. Um, You know, moments like this are the times when we can give the most, you know, as Keith always says, time, treasure, talent, touch. Mm -hmm. Um, We we need to be intentional about about reaching out to others um, and caring for them. Um, I'm still fearful. I'm still, Mm. I I still worry about things, but I'm resting on God's promises that he's going to be with me and this is what he's called me to do. So I, I keep doing it, you know, I'm mm-hmm. doing things more in spite of the fear. And the more I do things in spite of the fear, the, the easier it gets mm-hmm. um, and you know, just keep moving forward. Um, you know, in regards to being anxious, what's helped me the most uh, lately uh, is just reflecting on God's faithfulness throughout my life, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, remembering the victories, remembering the, the things he's brought me through um, and knowing he's going to see us through this, too. Uh, one passage in particular that I'd like to share today um, is Psalm 34. Um, that one, I, d- I don't even remember when I stumbled upon it, but particular, particularly v- verses 4 through 10 uh, just really spoke to me. Um, so I'd like to share those now. Uh, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and, de- and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you, sa you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Mm. And I've just been, you know, reading, meditating uh, over that. It's been, it's been great for me. Um, you know, these, these difficult times, these, fe these fears, these negative things, they're not from God, but he is my refuge. And I know that yeah. I'm growing through them and, you know, he's, he's going to be with us. Yeah, no, Victor, I love the, the verse in there, verse 6, that this poor man cried and the Lord mm. heard him. Mm -hmm. The Lord listens. So when we choose to, to jump in, to participate, to seek him out, to, to give generously what he's given us, the Lord sees that, he hears that, and he, he walks with us through it. And it's just, it's so powerful. And so that's where I say when, from the beginning that this is a passage of victory. That Jesus is trying to bring hope. He's teaching hope and victory to his disciples that we don't have to be anxious as we walk with him. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be those moments of fear or worry or doubt or uh, struggle. That that is going to come. That's just reality of life. It's a reality of our broken world. And so those moments are going to come up. But when we believe and know that we've got this beautiful, incredible, huge God who's on our side. When we cry out to him, he hears us. And then in verse 10, that those who seek him out will lack no good thing. And that goes right along with this because the Father's good pleasure to give you great gifts and good things. And it's so, so powerful. Well, Jay, I am, I'm so encouraged by your story, by your life, by your walk with the Lord. It inspires me and motivates me to continue in mine and my hard moments. And I so appreciate our friendship, especially that you let me draw you out in a week that is one of your hardest weeks of the year for you to get up here and um, be in front of people and in front of the camera and share your story along with what Jesus is teaching. So thank you so much for your ministry to our church, for your love, for your example. Um, and for just your willingness to share your journey as we go through this together. So I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Well, it's amazing to me, and Jason mentioned it earlier, the idea of the faithfulness of God. To be able to have that moment where you can look back and see God being faithful and knowing that because he was faithful before, he will continue to be faithful moving forward. And there's a song that came to me, oh man, it's been six or so years ago, um, by Elevation Worship that came up. And I'll say, it's, the title of the song is, I Will Look Up. And I've asked Nathan to sing that song this morning because it actually sings the truth that I will look back and see that you are faithful. I'll look ahead believing that you are able. And that's where we need to sit when it comes down to these moments of anxiousness. We have to be reminded that God is bigger, that he has it in his hands, that he is in control, that he loves us so, so much so he created us in his image. And, and there's this, this thing, this moment we've got to recognize and believe that because he loves us so much, he will always care for us. He pleasures in giving us good gifts. And so I want to encourage you as Nathan sings a song, sing along if you know the words or if you catch the words, you want to sing this back as a response to God. But maybe you just need to be in a place today just to hear the words sung over you, to believe in the truth that when we look up, God's faithfulness will look down on us and meet us right where we are.